People pay money to see me in a 20 by 20 ring. Wrestling fans, and welcome to another episode of the 20 by 20 Ring Crew. As always, you got Matt here alongside Joe. Yo, what's going on? What's going on indeed, Joe? Uh, we got a little bit of hybrid right now, just because I'm being too lazy to change the channel. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so we have uh, we have AEW Dynamite from April 28th, uh, 2021. Uh, the fallout if you will kind of unofficially fallout of rebellion although it's not really a rebellion fallout but i'll get to that in a, in a minute here um as we see brian cage uh curling hangman page uh also on the on the main screen right now we have the 2021 nfl draft joe and i are are very much nfl fans of uh different teams but uh we were kind of interested in this, and I just kind of left it on, and, you know, this is where we're at for now. But uh, we'll see how long this stays on. Um, I, any any uh, any predictions who your Eagles are going to take first round? No. Position-wise, no, at least. And to be honest, real quick, not to get too off of topic here, but I'm glad. I'm glad we got rid of Zach Wentz. I mean, Carson Wentz. Yeah. Um, you know, I'm... I'm probably the only. I know I'm in the minority of Philadelphia Eagles fans. When I was just like, "Get rid of this motherfucker," and everybody else was like, "No, he's our savior," and I'm like, "No, he's not. He he doesn't uh, he doesn't respect the opinions of his seasoned teammates." And uh, come to find out, that's you know that that's a lot of uh, what went on as to why he left. You know, and um, I forget the columnist's name, but I think it was for Forbes. It was either Forbes or Sports Illustrated. Uh, there was an article after he got traded to Indianapolis where <laughs> where he, they were talking about um, just the reaction mm-hmm. of, of a player in this situation. You, you know, you have difficulties with your teammates and instead of compromising and trying to find a solution that works the first thing out of your mouth is i can't be here anymore yeah um that speaks volumes i mean what you know how do you have a a fucking professional football player sit there and not take criticism especially from his teammates and then on top of it, be like, I don't want to hear what you guys have to say. I don't want to be here anymore. I think that speaks volumes about a player. And I don't care how good he is. I don't care how great of a memory he has. I wish him all the best of luck, but I'm glad he's out of Philadelphia. So I think in, in due time, you, he, you he lost his smile. There, there's lost, the t- there's, It's all about the callback. There, yeah, folks. there you go. <laughs> I think in due time, yeah, you won't be in the minority of that either. Um, we'll see. We'll see what the future is. I don't have a whole lot of faith in uh, in draft picks for my for my Giants. Um, it's not really the fan base. It's it's management that uh, they pick a guy and, and they're just 
they're uh they're just too damn stubborn to see just to be like you know what we we, we fucked that one up guys we well I mean very Vince McMahon of them uh, you know we're 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 Chicago <laughs> boys how many years have have we had discrepancies and and arguments uh, with other people about just the way athletes are treated in the city of Chicago yeah. when it comes to to just our franchise or our hometown franchises in general and it's like wow you know it's funny you mention that <laughs> one more comment and we'll, I, I swear we'll get to wrestling <laughs> you know so you know we, in Chicago you, you do have uh, a new network that started last year called Marquee, Marquee Sports Network it's yeah, it's like the Yes Network, but yeah. just for the Chicago Cubs. And uh, on a on, on a Sunday afternoon, they had Greg Maddox uh, on there talking, and uh, I was sitting with with Mel, and we're watching it on the second screen, kind of. And you know, she's like, "Who is this guy, and what's his significance?" And you know, I was like, "Well, he's one of the greatest things to ever be kicked out of Chicago." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You know, he was, I mean, and this is, this was, you know, before my time when he, when he came into the league, but obviously uh, just an absolutely tremendous pitcher from the get-go. And I, I remember watching him play mm-hmm. as a Cub and I'm just like, okay, this guy is definitely uh, going to be a big part of, of MLB. Should have been a franchise player. Absolutely. Team, they know? should have slapped that, slapped that status on him. Not that that was a thing at the time, mm-hmm. but. Um, shit, and then they're just like, "Nope, you gotta go." And I'm like, yeah. "What the fuck?" Don't want to pay him. Don't want to pay guys. And he goes to Atlanta, wins the World Series, comes a Hall of Famer, all that shit. You know, we we get him a back when he's you know close to his <laughs> damn near forty. <laughs> but uh, one of the big topics we're gonna talk about, we're going back to wrestling now. Um, Impact Wrestling had a, I, I guess it's kind of like a, like a quarterly pay per view now, and that is. Rebellion um, happened the last Sunday of April. I'm, I'm bad with dates, remembering dates, but it was the last Sunday of April. I went ahead and uh, you know bit the bullet, if you will, and 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 ordered it. You know, I I preach support professional wrestling, and you know this is this is one way to do it is is order the pay per view and 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 you know gave them my. I actually got it cheaper by ordering from the website. But it was forty bucks instead of fifty. But um, you know what? Because we're not going to go through the entire card, but I, I will go ahead and, and give you my overall opinion of the show. And without taking any individual matches and and saying this or that about it, as a as a complete show, I I applaud them. I think it was very entertaining from beginning to end. It was well paced. Um, certainly they, they didn't make the mistake of, cause they, they had a big paper, they had a big main event, right? And we'll, we'll definitely obviously talk about that. They had a huge main event that you wanted to give it enough time. And no matter how I feel about the finish, they gave it plenty of time for it to organically take place. Okay. And... You know they are on pay per view. This is not a streaming service. This is not one of those things where, uh, you know, like, hey, if we go extra, we go extra. It doesn't doesn't matter. You know, Impact Plus they can do that. You know, WWE Network or Peacock, whatever 
you can do that. But pay-per-view, you can't. If, if you're scheduled to, to end at 10 o'clock Central Time, 11 Eastern, you need to be done by then because you will be bumped off. Mm-hmm. Um, that's just old-school pay-per-view rules. And they 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 made it to where like you you're, you the, the main event's happening and you're like wow there's still plenty of time and i say that because they had seven other ma- seven other matches on that show and none of them felt rushed they all felt you know obviously they were better than others some were better than others but they all felt like they 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 fit where they were supposed to on that card uh very well booked if that was indeed Scott Demore's doing the guy knows what he's fucking doing uh, very well done show overall um, and, and, and and I can't stress that enough because one of the things that we're going to talk about is Impact Wrestling's status amongst the masses here as a pro wrestling company and I and before we even discuss the the main event I just really want to I, w- I want I want to talk to you about this where here you have a company that's been around for almost 20 years now there's a lot of negative reputation amongst amongst this company and and you know what it's it's rightfully so the, the the powers that 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 used to be did a lot of really stupid things mismanagement horrible booking etc the list goes on that we've talked about if if we haven't, there's plenty of other uh, media's and forms ways that you can learn more about how they fucked this thing up. But over the past, I'd say year and a half, maybe two years, you saw the turn in direction. And albeit there's still there's there's still some things about this company that I don't like, but I'll 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 squash that by saying there's a, things about other wrestling companies including AEW and Ring of Honor and MLW that I also don't like. And I think overall you have an extremely well put together product with talent that are not WWE rejects, like some people will call them, but like legit bona fide wrestling talent. What is your take on, on Impact Wrestling as a whole? And you know, do you agree? Do you disagree? What, what, what's your opinion before we go into the topic at hand here? It's really important, especially these days, for a company to present something to you completely different or at least different enough from what everybody else is doing in order to have a lasting effect on you as a fan. Uh, you know, these <laughs> these days as we see the newly healed young bucks come out with their heel attire. <clears throat> I just don't know about these guys right now, but um yeah. So but yeah, it's it's very important that you you present yourself as something different and uh, not be afraid to be individualistic because that's like these days that seems to be such a minority case you know everybody wants to do what everybody else is doing and um, 
it, it's just it can become monotonous. And, you know, we've seen that over the the past couple years when AEW uh, and NXT became competitors on the same night of of programming. Because we saw a, an awesome fucking NXT product mm-hmm. go to shits. It was like they were playing, they were playing only as good as their competitors. Yeah, and losing at it at that, which is that's talk about rubbing the fucking salt in your wound there. But you you don't want that to happen, and I I personally have stopped watching NXT week to week because of that. Because it was like, wait a minute. If I'm going to get the same bullshit over and over again week after week and you guys aren't trying to be different and trying to have your own avenue of, of getting from point A to point B, then why not? Why don't I just watch AEW? But I'm also not copacetic with AEW because their booking right now is, for me, is absolute horseshit. So it's like, why would I want to watch that either? So I, in uh, to tie it all back in regards to to Impact, Eric Young had come out uh, now about a month ago at this point and stated that he's really proud of the company and he loves that they're they're the only company moving forward in the industry and it's very important that he said that because. He do, he's very unapologetic about it, and he basically states it in a manner to where whether their decisions are good or bad for television, he feels they're doing the right thing by continually pushing the envelope in a different way than everybody else is doing. I happen to agree with him, and, and I think that's that's a double-edged sword for them because... While you're following the your own beat, you know, to your own drum, you are going to get good and bad out of it. But let's be honest, wrestling as a whole, pro wrestling as a whole, when has it always ever worked 100%? It, it, that's never been the it's case. fair point. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. So rather than taking the same pile of shit and keep throwing it at the fans... They're they're doing something different all the time, and hopefully that continues. And hopefully something worthwhile comes out of it, something that propels them to a different level, something more successful than than they're doing. That's my hope. Mm-hmm. Um, but they are they're they're doing something different, and the only the only thing I don't personally get right now is this whole one-sided relationship in the forbidden door situation. Yeah. And, and that's what we're going to discuss. Yeah, yeah. and and I'm I just I don't get it. I don't get it, and, you know, and you know, we had talked about it previously where Tommy Dreamer had asked Tony Khan, "Hey, you know, you you come out and you you advertise for AEW on Impact, but you don't advertise impact on AEW. And Tony Khan was like, well, I pay for my ads. Mm-hmm. Essentially telling everybody, like, you guys aren't willing to pay for those ads. Now, if that's the case, great. But you know they're they're getting money from Tony Khan. So what are they doing with all that money? I, I have a, an opinion. Okay. You got Slammiversary coming up. 
who's to say they're not stowing that money away to uh, afford the likes of Samoa Joe? All stuff that you and I are I clearly we're on the same same page here because I can say that because the points that you just made are things that I'm going to incorporate into this episode, uh, and we're going to start with our our main events because you know again you want to watch the 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 replay of of rebellion i highly suggest it you go to our website 20x20crew.com slash podcast slash fight that's f-i-t-e you can catch it on there it will be available there for the the foreseeable future and then i believe in june maybe july when the dvds release it'll get put up on their impact plus streaming service um <clears throat> however your means of of watching it i highly recommend checking it out uh it, it is definitely worth seeing so we'll touch back on some other stuff that happened on rebellion but let's start with what we're talking about the task at hand here the forbidden door main event kenny omega AEW world champion versus rich swan impact world champion this is a pretty big deal in professional wrestling no matter how you look at it, as far as being a wrestling fan, a wrestling historian, a fanboy of AEW, a fanboy of Kenny Omega, it's a big deal because it's been a long time since we've seen a title versus title match between two different companies of this magnitude. We're not, we're not talking indie shows here, okay? Where that happens more so than than not, which is cool, but this is happening between two bigger companies, and I ideally, unless you have some kind of draw or, or no contest, somebody's walking out with another company's title, and that's a pretty big fucking deal for a lot of reasons. And on the pre-show. They had Jim Ross talking. They had other people, various people talking about it, but they had Jim Ross talking about it. And this is the only time you see Jim Jim Ross on that. He's actually he's not actually on the pay per view at all. But Jim Ross is on there, and he's like, "This is something that you don't see because of ego." And I thought it was very important to for to, to bring that up because that's that's huge in this case. Is that ego is what prevents wrestling companies. That's really breaking kayfabe. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> and that's, you know, the fact that egos is why stuff like this doesn't happen very often. So no matter how I feel or Joe feels or anybody feels about the end result, it was cool to watch something that is extremely rare in professional wrestling in, in 2021. <clears throat> so the match... Before we get to the match, let's let's give a brief synopsis of what's been happening with this Forbidden Door, okay? And I'll be brief about it because a lot of it, but it, but I think it's it's very relevant to what I'm going to say about the finish. Kenny Omega wins the AEW World Title on uh, in December of 2020. Yes, we do got to go back to 2020 briefly, unfortunately. <laughs> And uh, he wins it at, at a special edition of, of Dynamite. I forget, winter, winner's coming edition. He beats John Moxley. Don Callis is out there. He helps Kenny Omega win. 
everybody wants to know what the hell's going on. Why is Don Callis helping Kenny Omega? And they're like, we're we're gonna, you're gonna find out on Impact, which was huge. That was huge. And we we got Kenny Omega and Don Callis briefly interviewed on a bus on the next episode of Impact Wrestling, which of course is an, another company. And, you know, you start to get this heel persona. And you, you got a lot of these cliches of, you know, we're just getting started and all this stuff. You, you didn't expect an answer, okay? At least not right right away. And, and nor should you get one right away. Well, fast forward some weeks. You know, Rich Swan tries to, tries to go see Kenny Omega. And, he you know, security's like, no, no, no. You can't come over here. You know, Kenny, and Rich Swan is your your world champion of Impact. He's being disrespected. Fast forward, matches booked for Hard to Kill in January of 2021. Six man tag, Rich Swan and, and and Moose and Chris Saban versus Kenny Omega and his and his good brothers, his, his former Bullet Club guys. You know, Rich Swan's tired of me, disrespected. You know, you don't come to my backyard and disrespect me. We're going to have a match, and I'm going to kick your ass, okay? So they have the match. Six-man tag. Kenny Omega pins Rich Swan. Told you I'm going to be brief about this. At this point, Joe, I have no problem with that. Okay. I think somebody's... I, I think the fact that a champion is being pinned makes sense as far as your, your top champion. By the other champion, I think I think that's foreshadowing, right? Kenny Omega pins Rich Swan, and immediately that should that should raise the eyebrows and be like, you know what? Fuck this! Like, let's go. You want to go to war? Let's go to war. And then the next episode, two days later on Impact, this is back when Impact was still on Tuesdays, not Thursdays. <laughs> Rich Rich Swan comes out. And challenges Tommy Dreamer to a match. Who has nothing to do with Kenny Omega and the Good Brothers. But Rich Swan's like, hey, you're turning 50 years old. Let me defend the title against you. No mention of Kenny Omega. No mention of Hard to Kill. It's like it never happened. <laughs> Kenny Omega, same thing. Immediately goes rivalry with John Moxley. It never, like, it never happened. So now, Joe, I have a problem with this. Because you just got pinned, meaning Rich Swan, just got pinned by another company's champion, and your answer is to challenge, a, a, let's call it what it is in professional wrestling, an old man. Okay? Pro sports, pro wrestling, 50 years old is, you know, it's older. It's old. Tommy Dreamer, has, his best days are well behind him. Has the match, he retains the title. Nobody gives a shit, right? Same thing. Now, he, now it's Moose. Okay, that makes more sense. Moose is walking around with a TNA World Heavyweight Title. It now gets made into a belt. Now they're gonna do. We're gonna do a unification match. Okay, we're gonna have, no longer have a guy walking around saying he's the real world champion. When you have your Impact World Champion as a fucking champion, but also still needs to avenge that loss. Of getting pinned by another world champion, right? Right. He has that match. Rich Swan and Moose have the match. Rich Swan wins. He's got both belts now. Okay. Mm-hmm. Title's unified. Moose doesn't have a claim anymore. 
King Omega does AEW stuff. He has exploding barbed wire dynamites. Whatever. Retains the title. <laughs> All stuff we talked about, okay? And then, out of nowhere, Kenny Omega, who's still in a rivalry with John Moxley, mind you, he comes out and and says, you know what, I want the Impact World title now. Just out of the fucking blue. Okay. So now the match is made. The entire time this is happening, Joe, you have every week on Impact to kind of keep putting salt, pouring salt on the open wound. Uh You have Tony Khan... Doing these paid ads where he's cutting down... He's doing two things. He's advertising Dynamite, and he's cutting down Impact Wrestling on their own show. And Impact, to this, to, up until this recording, hasn't done a fucking thing about it. Okay? Everybody keeping up with me at home? So, at this point, it's AEW, like, what, 30? To, to Impact <laughs> Zero. So the match is made for Rebellion. And, you know, Impact, they're doing what they can to to promote this pay-per-view. That's what they should do. It's their pay-per-view. AEW's got some stock into this because their world champion is going to be defending a title on pay-per-view. And there isn't one single fucking mention of, of that pay-per-view on the go-home episode of Dynamite. Now everybody's caught up to what's happening. Because I, I wanted to specify that because I'm getting a lot of people that are arguing that are arguing with me. But they're not spewing out the whole story. So now the whole story's out there. These are all facts. You can, you can fact check me all you want. They're facts. Let's get to Rebellion now. Rich Swan versus Kenny Omega. The match... The match was just okay. Rich Swan, to me, hurts my argument to him being the double champion. Because watching his performance against Kenny Omega, I was very disappointed. I was disappointed in his in, in both of their readiness for each other. It, it almost looked like they didn't discuss anything. Or they didn't study each other. But also, too, Rich Swan, for a guy that goes out there and dances as his entrance, he's got no stamina. And within, I'd say, 15 minutes into this match, he was gone. He was gone. And if he he was selling that, which some people say, I think he was selling it, I don't think he was selling that. But if he was... That's some fucking. That's an oversell. Of the fucking like. <laughs> there's 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 uh, there's Facebook pages that will probably have Rich Swan's oversell because that was that was not good selling. If that was the case, no, he was gassed. You can see you can see it the way he was breathing. You can see it in his mannerisms, and it was it was to the point where it was almost dangerous for him to do certain moves because it's like he was pulling like his last gasp of air to do it. Kenny Omega is clearly a guy who can go all day. He's done it before. I don't, you know, I don't, I don't need to worry about Kenny Omega's stamina. He's got it. He's proven that. So, Rich Swan is probably not the right guy to begin with. It should have been Moose all along, and that's that's how I felt. 
I think they were going with the baby face versus heel aspect, which when you have different companies, that's you don't need that. No. Um, but that's what they went here. Moose Moose was the guy out of the two. Um, having said that, the way that I booked this going into it was that if if anybody was going to walk away with two belts, either it was going to be nobody. Or it should have been Impact Wrestling. And I know that's a stretch because of what I just said. I get that. But if you're booking this pre-Rich Swan getting gassed. At some point, like Jim Ross said. When you have two companies doing businesses. When you have two companies doing business. You have to check your ego at the door. And now it's. AW31 to Impact Wrestling Zero. Yeah. And so I want to bring up what's been a hot commodity and a hot topic when it comes to this was that this is a good thing for Impact Wrestling for what I'm being told. Okay. I want to hear hear what you have to say about this. Because Kenny Omega winning the title is going to put more eyes on Impact Wrestling. Do you agree with that? Because... I do and I don't. But I before I... Because I, I've been talking quite a bit here. I'm going to take a break. What is your opinion on, on that particular statement? Is Kenny Omega as Impact World Champion, is that a good thing for Impact Wrestling? Because Kenny Omega is going to bring eyes to the product. Well, I, I agree with you. Yes and no. I, I'm going to say yes because it's already happened. That that first six-man tag that he was a part of for the co-branded match, it it grew, uh, the numbers grew uh, quite a bit. Hundreds of thousands of extra viewers were involved uh, watching that match. And let's face it, it was because you had Kenny Omega and or the Good Brothers. So, yes, uh... Historically speaking, at this point, yeah, he he has brought in bigger numbers, and I'm going under the assumption that he will continue to do so. But we also, I say no now because that was under a different, um, c- kind of like a different set of circumstances. Previous to to what's currently going on. You had hopes of a lot of Bullet Club going on. You you know you had you had hopes of of uh, New Japan being more involved. You had hopes of the Kenny Omega of old being involved, and now we're not getting that. We're getting something uh, something different. And I'm sure the, the he'll continue for a little while to bring in extra viewers, but the way they're drawing out this this forbidden door situation, it is like their 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 time to be effective with this overall situation is slowly waning. And I get it, like, we're in the midst of uh, of COVID uh, restrictions and, and things of that nature, but 
You knew that going into the situation. You knew that once you decided to go this whole forbidden door route. So why wouldn't you better account for that? Okay? That's my point. And because of that, I, that's why I say no, Kenny Omega will not overall bring in extra viewers. Now, as of this recording, there's already reports that at least for the next four weeks, so that would lead us into the end of May 2021, there's big, uh, big participation by Kenny Omega at Impact Tapings. And... People, a lot of people on 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 the internet and 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 about are all yeah well, you know he that's what's going to happen. He'll be on t- on Impact TV more and bringing more numbers. Well, you also have to remember that he's kind of obligated now. He is their world champ. That makes sense, yeah. You know, so the, it's not like you're like it's a newsflash. Water's yeah. wet. Yeah. <laughs> you know, well, it, not to cut you off, but it's not like AAA where they're they're dormant. Right. You know, AAA is not put on shows. Right. So. But, uh, that, that's, that's the situation we're dealing with now. And I don't know about you. I'm a very patient person. I feel like okay. a lot of, of, uh, wrestling fans these days are not patient people. And that's reflected by the product being put out. As we watch AEW Dynamite here, you've got Penta El Zero Miedo taking on, Orange Cassidy, and just by the style of, of wrestling that's that's being portrayed on, on AEW TV, and the way things are booked, there's no fucking patience in professional wrestling now. There's no patience to sit there and tell a story. So, who's to say that that's not going to translate over to the AEW Impact situation? AEW is uh, what, what is the uh, what did you say it was thirty one to zero? Yeah, yeah, thirty one to zero, right? I don't see that changing anytime soon, and I don't know if it's a, a a money problem that Impact is facing, or or maybe I'm just not smart enough to see the future of how they're booking this, and and I'm missing something. But <laughs> come Slammiversary. You know, you know, we 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 all we all have that hope that Samoa Joe will return, or or a plethora of other former WWE participants. Hopefully, that happens at Slammiversary. But even if that does, what happens then, and how does it figure into the Forbidden Door? You know, and to me, there's not enough interest there because of the way they're booking this. I think they're going to just continue to draw it out to an audience that doesn't have that kind of patience mm-hmm. and I don't for for the forbidden door the way they're handling it now I don't have that kind of patience I want something more tangible right now because you haven't given me a whole hell of a lot and you could have that's my point you could have I'm going to add two points here Kenny Omega can walk out as world champion and I don't bet an eye to that so you go you have exactly exactly what happened at, at, at Rebellion and I wouldn't have bet an eye because he is Kenny Omega 
I want to. I also got to say too, for for all you idiots that fucking are are trying to tell me, oh, dude, Kenny Omega. I've been fucking rooting for Kenny Omega before it was fucking cool. <laughs> you don't gotta sell me on Kenny right. Omega, you know. I go back before he was the fucking cleaner. Okay. I know my Japanese wrestling. You don't. So shut the fuck up. Don't come at me about some Kenny Omega shit that I that I already know. But this this could have been booked the same exact way and I would not have batted an eye if Rich Swan got something over on Kenny Omega. And it could have been something as simple as fucking cutting a fucking promo on the man. I mean, the microphones not work anymore. <laughs> Cut a fucking promo. Show up on Dynamite at least once or twice. Again, it, it, that could have been booked. And problem solved. Even if Kenny Omega is two and zero against Rich Swan, guess what? Tetsuya or excuse me, Kota Bushi is two and zero this year on Tetsuya Naito. Am I looking at Tetsuya Naito as a fucking weak person? No, he just. He just came up short to the better man in this particular year, if you will. Doesn't ruin Tetsuya Naito. This ruined Rich Swan's title reign. Yeah, oh yeah. It made it look fucking terrible. Gassed or not. He's not the first world champion to be gassed in a match, okay? So, I, this this all could go away as in like, oh, this we could be having a different kind of conversation. Yeah, we could. If they actually... Had a give and take, give and take, give and take, give and take. But it's just, you know what this is? Here's my second part. It's like if we had two wrestling companies called the Harlem Globetrotters and the Washington <laughs> Generals. Generals. <laughs> yeah, that's what, you're right. That's, that's what it feels like. This is what it is. Every time you think that Impact is going to get some a leg in this fucking race, nope, the fourth quarter happens. The Globetrotters win again. And I'm sorry, but I I don't find that entertaining. No, I man. don't see how it's good business. Yeah. And 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 this is this is where we're at. <clears throat> and then you know you add into the to all this mess. Uh, you've got New Japan, who's supposedly doing business with AEW. Yeah. And and you and I called it months ago. Like they they first get announced, like oh yeah, New Japan is going to be a part of this Forbidden Door thing. Okay, great. Traditionally speaking, and this isn't this isn't us even uh, fantasy booking. This is just going by the numbers. Traditionally speaking, New Japan when they get in cahoots with other companies, what do they do? They use their talent sparingly mm-hmm. with the other company, and ultimately, they're not going to put their their talent out there. For them to, to go through some stupid bullshit storyline. And and so far, that exactly has happened. Now we've got Yuji Nagata coming to fight Moxley on AEW television for the United States title. Moxley, I guarantee you, Moxley's going to keep that belt. There's no fucking way they're going to give that to Yuji Nagata. Yeah. Okay? That's just... That that should be common sense. I don't even know what Eugene the guy is even unless he's on vacation or something. And that's the thing. <laughs> what's like, he doing? What's there? he doing? There? <laughs> but 
it it fits all right in. New Japan's going to send out Yuji Nagata, excuse me, against John Moxley. Moxley is going to go over like Rover. Yeah, and that's that. New Japan's not going to send out anybody big and relevant right now. Just to lose, too. Just to lose? Yeah. No. So, anybody telling me any different, I, I guess we'll we'll see come come that match. But, again, New Japan sticking to their guns, no pun intended. And, meanwhile, AEW and Impact are looking so fucking stupid at the at the moment uh, to be honest with you I, I think it's just been completely mismanaged and mishandled unfortunately and again may hopefully I'm proven wrong hopefully something gigantic comes out of this as it fucking should because if it doesn't and it continues to be underwhelming what the fuck well this is why I started where I started at. This is why I, you know, everything, everything went, had a plan. I had a plan for everything, ladies and gentlemen. And you go back to Impact Wrestling, thirty-one and zero. That that's an unofficial mark, but I, I'm also making fun of sure, AEW's yeah. fucking, you know, win loss record bullshit. Um, but essentially, AEW's undefeated, right? Kenny Omega is the Impact World Champion now, unless. <laughs> We get some, like, Brock Lesnar shit in New Japan, and he just, like, you know, I don't want to be champion anymore. Here, take your belt back, which would be obviously just incredibly horrible. Assuming that doesn't happen, Katie Omega's going to lose his title to somebody at some point, right? This, here's why I said what I said about Rich Swan walking out as world champion. Rich Swan could have won at Rebellion go double or nothing a month later and drop that title only hold that title for for a month yeah that's all he needed to be like get impact over eyes are going to be on impact because now the goal isn't to get just Kenny Omega fans to watch impact the goal should have been to get AEW fans to watch impact wrestling and how do you do that? Yes, Kenny Omega is your one of your biggest draws, of course. But if you if you take that title away and put it on another show, well now it's like, well wait a minute. Where the hell's our belt? Oh, we have to see it on Thursday nights. You 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 could you take that belt hostage until somebody says, you know what, no, this is ours. We're gonna we're gonna do it on our territory now. You come to our backyard and you defend our title and we're going to win it back. And, it, and 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 Rich Swan drops it. Dude, you you've already for me you had a month now to get fans to watch that product, the other product in Impact Wrestling, and Impact Wrestling ideally puts on the best fucking four or five shows leading up to that and it's like, well maybe just maybe we keep that audience. Yeah. That's what this whole forbidden door is supposed to do. Everybody wins. But you go back to JR's comments yes. about ego and why shit like this doesn't happen anymore. Yes. And I point back, like I said in a previous episode, I point back to that press conference they had between Swan and Omega and and Tony Khan and Scott Demore and 
I, I challenge anyone to sit there and tell me that ego was not on fucking display there. Just the way it was handled. You could tell. Tony Tony Khan came out. My guy's the the best wrestler in the mm-hmm. world. Uh, you guys don't have a chance. Blah, 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 blah. And really not giving two shits. And you had Scott Demore like barely sticking up for his champ and it's like are you fucking joking me right yeah. now and, and watching the pay-per-view watching the match you got Tony Khan and 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 Jerry Lynn and and Tony Scavone <laughs> <laughs> and they're just they're just being egotistically obnoxious yeah we're going to we're going to win they knew they're going to win this i mean obviously they knew they're going to win this but like even character wise we knew they're going to win this you know, and they, when they won, when when Kenny Omega won the title, you know, you wasn't like, uh, you know, hey, we did it, you know, we beat you on your own show. It was just like, yeah, look, told you we were gonna win. And it's just like that's, uh, it got over for all the wrong reasons. All the wrong reasons. It's just it, it, you just you just humiliated the the competition on their own show. I don't see how this works. I don't see how how I can look at this as a legit wrestling fan or legit AEW. I should I should say that as a legit AEW fan, and be like, oh hey, look at this co- competition. No, they're made to look like independent wrestling scrubs. And I brought up everything that I brought up in the very beginning because guys, they're not that. You look at the guys who are on this. This roster, obviously, Rich Swan. I mentioned Moose. You look at somebody like Trey Miguel, Sammy Callahan, who, by the way, Trey Miguel and Sammy Callahan beat the piss out of each other. That is <laughs> that is an incredible fifteen minute last man standing match. They fucking pulled. They only got fifteen minutes, but got it. They fucking made every minute, every second count. Hell of a fucking match. You know. Th- Eric Young, who we've we've talked about so much, and how what he means to 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 pro wrestling and the growth of Impact, you know, real legit wrestler like Josh Alexander. Congrats to him being the new X Division champion. Ace Austin, TJP. There's a lot of people on this list who are incredibly gifted in pro wrestling. These are not this is not some backwater fucking indie promotion, and and they're certainly they're not some over the top wrestling promotion that continues to fuck up over and over again like they used to be they're fucking legit and at no point during this forbidden door relationship are they made to look legit so now Kenny Omega is champion okay let's say they bring eyes 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 to the show okay because that's what we have to go with now yeah fantasy booking inside we gotta go over what, what actually happened Kenny Omega has gotten over and over and over again. Assuming that he's going to drop the title at Slammiversary, which is not going to be until July. So we're talking roughly three months as champion. Mm-hmm. Three months of him probably con- consistently getting over. My next question is, does it even matter when, when, when Kenny Omega finally drops the belt? Because is there going to be too much damage of the reputation of Impact Wrestling... So by the time that Omega drops that belt, 
to whoever it may be, and not, and then we'll get to that in my in, in the next question, next next segment here, if you will. Is it is it going to be enough? Because this is why I say like something should have been happening post Hard to Kill back in January. You had February and March where you barely did anything. February you did nothing. March you did very little. And even then, you still weren't getting over on Impact. Still wasn't getting over on AEW. Is it is it too is it too one sided to where by the time you you finally get that 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 victory, that one victory, you know by that point it'd be like one hundred to one then. Yeah. Is it, it enough then? No, it's not enough. It's it's not it's it's not going to be enough. They don't have. I can I can never stress enough the importance of momentum and in in professional wrestling storyline you have to when you're trying to tell a story in in anything you do there's a you have a pace is very important you have to pace properly otherwise your story comes out lopsided and in this case, that's exactly what's happening. And again, I get it. We're under COVID restrictions. But you guys knew this going into it. I hate to sound like a broken record, but you guys knew this going into it. Mm-hmm. You're trying to tell this story. And the pacing is all off. And I get it. You're trying You're trying to for, go from point A to point B. And it means something. But because of all this bullshit and, and, you know, COVID and ego and what have you, a lot of it's just getting lost in translation, unfortunately. So, no, it's not going to be enough. As, as far as Kenny Omega having to lose that title to someone, I'm going to go fantasy book. Okay. Hopefully, I'm sure you are, but I don't know about how many of our listeners are familiar with Option C. Do you remember what Option C is? TNA, Option C was originally, if if I remember correctly. Yes, Austin Aries. Austin Aries, mm-hmm. right? He held the X Division Championship. They gave him what everybody calls Option C, and that was like, hey... We'll give you a world title shot, but you have to drop your belt. So just willingly give up the X Division title. But option C, you get you get a world heavyweight shot, right? You bring up Josh Alexander, current X Division champion. Yes. He has now brought up the idea of an option C scenario. So my question to you, one... What do you think of Alexander versus Omega? And then two, is that something forbidden door worthy? Or do you think it'll go over well enough to get them to the next spot in the story? The whole idea of forbidden doors or what it actually is, companies doing business with each other, is the fantasy book and to get product and wrestlers over, right? Josh Alexander... As a wrestler, is a thousand percent a guy who is very Kenny Omega ready, if you will. Okay. You know, you talk about best bout machines. Josh Alexander is at that level, in my opinion. I love the fact that they made him a singles wrestler now. 
because he was doing he was he, he did great work as a tag team wrestler. Sure, yeah. He's a great wrestler by himself as a singles competitor. Um, as a as a guy who can carry a, a storyline and carry a promo, I think some people will have issues with that because he doesn't have that experience. But I, I, I'll say this: if if Rich Swan was given that opportunity, then why not Josh Alexander? Because with all due respect to Rich Swan, I'm a Rich Swan fan. I'm not trying to shit on Rich Swan at all. I, I still think he should be AEW World Champion, in my opinion. But his his promo works were, were nothing special going into any of this at all. I don't think it has to be. I think you need to give somebody in, into this storyline that can legit outwork Kenny Omega. Or at least give the perception that they're outworking Kenny Omega. And I'm I'm not going to sit here and say that Josh Alexander is for sure got to be the guy, but I'm definitely not not taking his name off the table. Okay. I think it's a legit option. Um, because isn't that what this whole thing is supposed to be? I mean, you got Kenny. Everyone wants to talk about he's going to get this, these guys over. Well, then let's get our best guys over. Let's get them in the ring with a Kenny Omega. Sure, yeah. Um, and let's you know, let you know let's see what happens because going to fantasy booking of who's going to be the guy what I don't want to see is what everybody wants to see I want to see him back in Impact Wrestling and by the way you already know who I'm talking about but he was uh, when they because they advertised the upcoming Impact Plus shows for uh, for May and, and June and then they did uh, Slammiversary and they were showing now keep in mind they show they show people that don't work for the company anymore yeah but the two people that they pretty much showed first, the first guy I'll skip. They showed Mickey James, mm-hmm. who no longer works for WWE. But the first guy they showed was Samoa Joe. Yeah, they advertised. They didn't officially advertise it. They were just showing old wrestlers that used to work for the company. But how ironic that Samoa Joe was right. being <laughs> was the first guy. <clears throat> that was done on purpose, and uh, because of that, you know, some people were saying like, "Yeah, Samoa Joe is going to be back." And Samoa Joe is going to be the guy that takes that belt from Kenny Omega. As much as I want to see Samoa Joe back in a in a wrestling ring, assuming that he's ready to go, sure. I don't like that. I I I I don't feel I don't feel like that's getting the point over that Impact is a legit player because by doing that. You're saying that Impact's not a was never a, 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 an actual player in this in this game until they got Samoa Joe back. It can't be Samoa Joe. Now, can Samoa Joe be involved in that match in some way? I don't have a problem with that. You know, I I've talked about that in 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 plug in in, in fantasy booking the the, the the rebellion match. You know, Kenny Omega's got a posse. He's got the Good Brothers. He's got uh, the Young Bucks, who were not at Rebellion, but he's got them. You know, they got, they're calling themselves the Super Elite, I believe, right now. Yeah. Um, he, who's to say that, you know, there there isn't some shenanigans portrayed, and Samoa Joe comes in and saves the day for, for Impact Wrestling. But again, I don't feel like it should be him that wins the title back because he's too big of a name. It, with all the damage that has been done with this, with this one-sidedness, 
You need somebody that is there right now. Somebody. A Josh Alexander makes a hell of a lot of sense. You have three months, two months, whatever, to 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 push this to push him as as a as an elite player. You have the you have all this fucking time. I I I don't you know, I mean I'm not again, I'm not saying he's the guy, but you have plenty of time to push that next guy. Whether it's Josh Alexander, whether it's Moose, you know, so on and so forth. A Trey Miguel would be another, you know, exceptional guy. He he he, beat, he finally got Sammy Callahan off his back, or at least he should have, because he beat Sammy Callahan. Right. You know, there's there's a lot of guys there, and it should be the younger, the younger, hungry guys, not necessarily the guys who have staked their claim already. Who is a big name. As much as I would love to see Samoa Joe versus Kenny Omega at some point, you know, again, assuming that Samoa Joe can do what he used to do, I I don't need to see him take that title of Slammiversary. I don't want to see that title be on Kenny Omega's, you know, shoulders until July, but that's probably going to be the case. Yeah, I think so. And, you know, so... That's that you know that's 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 our discussion on on this. I'm I'm not thrilled on this. And uh, again, this has nothing to do with Kenny Omega. I'm not bashing the best bout machine. Again, I I've, I've been a fan. Joe and I have been a fan of his way before you guys even heard of him. Okay, so don't don't give us that shit. Don't want to hear that shit anymore. We'll love to hear your opinions on on this, but uh but at least maybe now after listening to this, you'll you'll know more of the story. Because you know, there's there's a lot of context to my my issues with it. It's not just all oh, fuck Kenny Omega. <laughs> <laughs> um, the other the other thing too, as far as the Forbidden Door situation here, you mentioned New Japan. Finn Juice is the the Impact World Tag Team Champions, which we called, which right? you successfully called both of them. You, you know, um, they they retain the titles. They're still champs. Impact Wrestling, again. <laughs> Forbidden Doors, relationships, whatever you want to call it. Two titles. Two titles in uh, <laughs> in Impact Wrestling uh, belong to outsiders. Yeah. Again, New Japan's not going to send guys over to fucking lose. <laughs> so what gives? What gives for Impact? What are they gaining from this. Other than money, I don't know. And and you know, to be honest with you, maybe that is just the their end game. Maybe that is their gambit where they're just hey, we're just gonna keep fucking piling away the money until we can parlay it into, um, you know, higher caliber talent or or what have you. But damn, I, I just. At this point, I don't know what else it could be. I really don't, because you're definitely not helping your fucking roster out at, at, at on any level. I mean, what's what's next? I mean, what, what do who do we bring in next? As far as you know, do we do we have do we have um, Leo Rush from MLW come in and, and take the X division title? Like, where where, where does well, it, it, end? it? It's funny you mentioned because uh, MLW is about to have a press conference having to do with their um I guess it's like a board of directors of sorts for their championships 
and they're going to openly discuss um, Hammerstone and taking that title elsewhere. So, it's awfully funny, and again, it could be um, it could be pure coincidence, but right before this announcement, Kenny Omega cut a promo on social media talking about he doesn't think he's done and he didn't say where he's going or what title he's going to buy for next but he said he's not done collecting now all of a sudden you have MLW having uh, an open forum Mm -hmm. for taking um, at least one of their championships and and going out to quote unquote play with others I, I can't say that I'm not excited, but at the same time, it remains to be seen. Is this going to be another fucking one-sided relationship? I hate I hate to think that Court Bauer and MLW uh, take that route. I personally don't see it, but if it happens, man, I'm going to be so fucking disheartened. Because, to be frank... I don't think MLW needs any of this shit. <laughs> I really don't. I'm all for the the Forbidden Door and, and companies working together. But if it's going to continue like this, I think MLW should just keep to themselves. I really do. I agree. I mean, it's nice that Filthy Tom Lawler owns a New Japan belt now. And he'll still be a part of MLW. Mm-hmm. But... That's neither here nor there because Filthy Tom Lawler is essentially a true independent contractor. Yeah, he does work with MLW, but he's also going to be working with New Japan. It isn't because of MLW. It's because of Filthy Tom Lawler. You bring up an interesting point. So a few years ago, you had a Zack Sabre Jr. who was the evolved champion he was a member of suzuki goon mm-hmm. he was uh internet champion for ref pro oh that's right yeah. um you know i think there was another belt that he had and he just he you know when he was involved he was the baby face when he was in obviously new japan he was mega heel he was part of suzuki goon still is part of suzuki goon there's this does this does it work better? Because you bring up Tom Lawler being an independent contractor. He he wrestles MLW. He wrestles um, New Japan for wrestling. Uh, I'll give you another one. TJP. Is sure. Yeah. One, same, you know, same deal. You know, same same situation as Tom Lawler. Add, add Ring of Honor. Add uh, Impact Wrestling. Yep. And uh, does that work better? Does that does it open? Doesn't more of an open door policy? at this point work better as far as just having wrestlers you, you know show up in different companies you know depending on what they can fit in their schedules rather than companies working together because it seems like once you get like the executives on board like a Tony Khan who I understand as as a CEO of a company of a wrestling company you don't want to have your guys lose as often I get that but again, go back to Jim Ross as well. That's why I brought it up because it's so relevant because of egos. Is it just better to just have guys be like, hey, you go there, go go do this? Yeah, go do this. So- it, it does work out better because you, 
let's take Tom Lawler, okay? So he goes and works wherever the fuck he he wants to. If he signs a contract, it's for a certain amount of time, and that's it. And it's for this amount of money. Yeah, that's it. Make these dates. Make these dates. Mm-hmm. That's it. That that works out better, and it, it's because if they really if they really uh, respect and admire his talent. They'll make him a champion as a byproduct of the situation, i.e., him owning the the New Japan Strong Title. Now. Yeah. Okay. So now they're like, "Yes, he's a top talent. We want to put a belt on you. Boom, you got it." Now, legitimately, he can take that belt, and it it means something because mm-hmm. he won it because of who he is and and what he does. With his talent, not necessarily because a company executive said it was okay, and so you got you it lends it lends the entire Forbidden Door situation a whole hell of a lot more credibility than something like a Kenny Omega championship, which this that's probably the biggest problem I have now is just it doesn't come across as worthwhile it doesn't come across as genuine mm-hmm. i mean anybody with half a brain can see that AEW pretty much bought that title that's yeah. what happened yeah and, and that's sad to say because now it's like you know what impact now you're 32 and 0 mm, yeah because you that whether you want to come out and admit it or not that's what happened you let some other company buy your fucking world title. So now, guess what? That No wonder, no wonder in the eyes of most pro wrestling fans right now, that title don't really mean shit. Austin Aries has a um, very, you brought him up earlier, but he's also, he also had a, a time where he was collecting belts too. That's right. And Austin Aries is a guy that has... Um, by the way, that was a really stupid tattoos. The guy who just got drafted, his last name was literally tattooed on his arm, in case he forgot his name. <laughs> um, Austin Aries has a reputation of being somewhat of a prick. But what? what ma- <laughs> That's putting it lightly, man. <laughs> it, it is. It is. That's a whole topic, though. You know? Sure. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> But what I what I respected about his title reigns of 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 the multiple championships is that he took it he took those belts everywhere that he went, a la Ultimate Dragon. Yep. And you get those belts over because you have a guy that's he's I'm ta- I'm I'm collecting belts right, I'm collecting belts and you know he shows up in Ring of Honor returns to Ring of Honor and says, I want to collect another belt. Doesn't actually accomplish that goal, but by doing that and, and wrestling those those matches, Ring of Honor does a great business move for wrestling for the other companies, and they tout each and every one of those fucking titles that he has. They don't have to do anymore. It's not the responsibility to plug other wrestling companies, but they did just enough to be like, you know what? I'm interested now, and it got over. It did. It did amazing work. He never worked for any company 
exclusively. He wasn't like well, you know Austin Aries. He's he is he's uh, he, he's he's contracted under Defiant Wrestling. No, he's just a contractor. He's got dates, and you know as long as he's champion, he's representing that company as a champion. That's that's as far as that went. I love that title reign. I, I, I loved it so much, and it, it definitely helped get especially a lot of British wrestling over here in the United States as well because you're able to plug that. You're able to plug Defiant, you know, back before they unfortunately closed down, you know, plug their YouTube show, plug their pay-per-views every month, plug all of that stuff, and and then when, you know, you get eyes on the product, there, there you go. Now it's, now it's time for us to shine. Not only do we have this, but we're going to, you know, we have this guy and this girl and none, et cetera, et cetera. You know, Defiant, their issue was YouTube. That was that was a big issue. They, they, they put too much stock into YouTube helping them get over, and that was the whole thing. But I love that idea. There wasn't, nobody had the ego of like, well, I'm not, I'm not having to be my guy. I'm not having to do this or that or whatever, you know, or we're going to, we're going to do this, this rivalry and we're going to continually have our guy get over on your guys because he's, you know, he's, he's, he's our guy. Mm-hmm. There's too much machismo, <laughs> to use another wrestling term, if you will, kind of, in, in, in pro wrestling to, for this to, to seem to work. And I hate to say that because I, I go back to when this first started back in December, I was all for it. Yeah. And then reality hits in. And you, you come to the realization that, you know what, the human element is just too much to conquer. And that's what we're seeing here. Now, even if there is an end game to all this, there has to be at some point. Kenny Omega has to lose that title. That's why I brought up each point that I brought up, and I'll, I'll ask the question again. You don't have to answer it because you already know your answer, but it's, it's too little too late. You've had from December to April... Impact has not gotten one single victory. Not one. So don't tell me now, oh, they're going to help Impact out because Kenny Omega is going to bring eyes to the company. That 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 ship sailed. Yep, it has. It absolutely has. And as far as the, the tag team titles, like you said, I, I don't see what New Japan is doing to help Impact. They're just getting... They got nothing for Finjuice. You go win somebody else's belts. Yeah. And get over on, on the top tag team in Impact. Mm-hmm. Twice now. Twice now. Yep. I mean, it's genius for... Fucking for... told you so. <laughs> <laughs> what, what New Japan's doing is, is pretty fucking genius, but at the same time, it's, it's a dick move. It is a dick move. <laughs> that's not, that's not going to change. <laughs> And and this is where we're at, ladies and gentlemen. And and I, I think when we release this this episode, I think we we maybe we can get a clip of that Jim Ross, if we can. <laughs> just just you know, over the past couple months too, you, you've you've had New Japan say, "Oh, we'd like to send," or you'd ha- you'd had some of their talent, i.e. Um, Kazuchika Okada, say, "I would like to go and take part and be you know be on AEW TV or whatever." Great, but guess what? If he shows up, he's not gonna fucking lose. Not losing. Yeah. There's no way. New Japan, even if he wanted to, New Japan would be like, ha ha ha. No, <laughs> hell no. We're not sending you all the way the fuck over there. 
For what? No, absolutely not. And, and then, and then, but and then, who who do you who do you put them up against? Because it, again, ego comes in. And it's like, well, then you're not beating, you're not beating Omega. The way the way Omega left New Japan. Yeah. Sad state of affairs. Yeah. You think they're gonna fucking let Okada <laughs> lose to Omega now? But like, but my point is like anybody that they're trying to push. Right. You know, you're you're gonna get like fucking you know an AEW dark guy basically, just to say like, oh hey, we had Okada like. Yeah, it's not gonna. It doesn't work. No, it's not. It's it, it, not do, work. it doesn't work, guys. You, this is pro wrestling, man. It's, it's pro wrestling. Like you guys have the say in, in what happens, and it, it brings me back to. And I'm not gonna tell the story again because I told it before. But it brings me back to the story of of why Marcus Phoenix was never put into Mortal Kombat 09 mm-hmm. because Microsoft didn't want him to lose. And they lost out on all that money because last minute they changed their minds and they're like, Ed Boon said, no, fuck you. We, our game's already coming out. We're not adding him to it now. The ego. Yeah. The ego of Microsoft because Marcus Phoenix couldn't couldn't be killed in a fucking video game. This is what we're getting in pro wrestling now. We, Hey, our guy can't lose to this guy. Our guy's got to win. Well, then everybody just do the matches and everybody fucking ties. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> aye, aye, aye. Um, again, ladies and gentlemen, the the pay per view was good. It was it was cool to see to hear Marvel Ronaldo. Yeah. Um, you got to sit with with Matt Stryker too. I think that's a good team. I mean, they wouldn't work because they they, they essentially do the same thing. They do the same thing, right? <laughs> but uh, it was cool to to see that to see them go and and discuss and. Yeah, D. LeBron was there too. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh come on, he's trying. He, is, he, he, you know what? He is trying. He just he needs a lot of work. Which could be said for other fucking color commentators in the business. Uh, well, speaking of which, what do you? What's your take on the, some of the new guys and that came to WWE <laughs> about that? <laughs> you know what? I've I've said this before about Corey Graves. Yeah. You, there's a there's a way to to do things and there's a way not to do things and I I forget the new guy's name, um, but he is oh uh, the guy on Raw yes the TSN ESPN guy yeah yeah um so <laughs> he comes out and you know he's clearly trying and he you know you could tell he's in over his head it's just. I've watched enough of, of his commentating to know, like, he's not ready yet. I don't know what the fuck he's doing, but if there if that's his tryout, his tryout should have stopped already. Yeah. He needs to go back and, and figure some shit out before they let him on Raw again, because it's not working. But to, to, to pour more salt in that wound, he, he there was one instance where he's calling, I think it was during a Braun Strowman match, he he talks about getting the tracks ready for the boat that's coming, and Corey Graves was like, "What boat do you know of works on tracks?" <laughs> like straight up calls him out on his shit, and like you're you're supposed to be there to help the guy. I get it. Corey Graves is supposed to be the heel commentator, but that's you're stepping over a boundary that yeah. should exist. You know, there's a way to still be a heel and not be a fucking cock about it. Yeah. You know, and like, what the fuck? Well, this is the same same guy that uh, 
literally goes on fucking Twitter to to call out Mauro Ronaldo for talking too much. Oh, that's yeah, yeah, that's you know? right, that's right. You, so. You're gonna call out your fucking play-by-play guy for talking too much. Yeah. Who's literally paid to talk more than anybody else? But I digress. But he knows what he's doing. Right? Yeah, yeah. You know? Um, the other guy, uh, the 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 football guy, who's on SmackDown now. Oh, I um, <clears throat> McAfee. Yeah, Pat McAfee. Have Have you heard any of his stuff? Uh, no, not recently. But um, I think Pat McAfee, even before this, is is like one of those exceptions to the rule because, again, you know, not to go too off topic, but when you have someone that's a super fan of something that is outside of that respective industry. Mm-hmm. Who comes in and takes part of it? You usually get one of two. Uh, you usually get one of two things that happen: either they go over like fucking hotcakes, or they tank horribly. And I think Pat McAfee so far is going over like hotcakes. I agree with that. Yeah, I mean every time, like you know, whether he's whether he's on NXT wrestling or he's part of a storyline or whatever, like he fucking gets it. Mm-hmm. And. I'm okay with Pat McAfee. I am Surprisingly, too. Yeah. you know, I didn't, I didn't think that was going to be a thing, but um, it's not always going to be that way, you know. And I, I go back to, you know, again, not to go off too, too off topic, but you know, Ed, uh, Ed Norton being a huge fan of Incredible Hulk and then taking part in a, an Incredible Hulk movie, it's debatable of how well he did. Uh, I, I could tell you right now, I'm, I'm, this is why I wore the T-shirt today. Ghost Rider, Nicolas Cage. Nicolas Cage is a huge Ghost Rider fan. Guess what? That movie was horseshit. <laughs> he can fucking stay away from the motorcycle for, for the interim of his life. Um, but yeah, so Pat McAfee, absolutely. Uh, the other guy, I forget his fucking name. I'm so sorry. But I'm wrong, yeah. the raw guy. Yeah, the raw guy. Yeah. Uh, take a hike. And and yeah. it isn't even because Corey Graves. Just It sucks that Corey Graves sat there and took mm. the time to point out how bad he is. <laughs> the 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 guy that's that's uh he's the play by play guy, and he, just like I would say it's about Michael Cole, like it would really help if you actually knew professional wrestling. Um, so Raw and SmackDown don't have play by play guys and know what the fuck wrestling is. Uh, moving on here, we we talked a little bit about uh about New Japan, um. They're getting way so, I I doesn't happen very often, ladies and gentlemen. But I admit that I fucked up last episode. I had Joe predict something that wasn't even going to happen yet, uh, leading into episode one fifteen. <laughs> They're getting ready to do wrestling Dotaku. By the time you hear this, it will have happened. So later on, we're going to uh, we're going to do some more picks, and uh, we're going to talk wrestling Dotaku. Again, that's my fuck up. Doesn't happen very often, but I, I'm, yeah, I'll, I'll admit to it. I'll admit to it. Um, but uh, before that, you know, they had they had the, the the tournament for the for the new belt. I forget what it was called, but you know, New Japan Pro Wrestling has a show every every Friday night on on NJPW World. Uh, you can go to our website twenty x twenty crew com slash podcast slash NJPW. And uh, get yourself a subscription for New Japan Pro Wrestling World. It's only like nine bucks a month. Yeah, eight or nine bucks yeah. US. 
So, um, you know, it's it's not too bad. And as far as price goes, and it's a lot of content, a lot of great content. Oh, fuck ton of content. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, you know. You Metrically get, speaking, of course. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and you get, uh, you get strong every week. And um, it's one of the best hours of pro wrestling you're going to get every single week. And it culminated to a uh, championship match between uh, Tom Lawler and, and Brody King. And Tom Lawler is the new and the inaugural uh, New Japan Pro Wrestling Strong Openweight Champion, as it's being called. What's your take on, on them bringing in a new belt? Um, is this, Obviously, we're in a pandemic, so that has to be discussed because... You know, we have New New Japan is clearly a Japanese wrestling company, but they have an American dojo based in California. Now they they have a U.S. heavyweight championship still. That's kind of seems like it's being you know taken hostage by John Moxley because he's barely defending it. Although he does have the match against Eugene Nagata coming up on an episode of Dynamite the second week of May, the one after Blood and Guts. Okay. But now they have this title. So I asked you two questions. One, is this title necessary? Or should, should this title be necessary when you have a U.S. heavyweight title? And two, is this a title that's going to last post-pandemic? That's interesting. You know, I don't... When, when it comes to titles uh, and, and their existence or how long they're going to be around, like, that's... That's something that usually doesn't come. That's usually something that I don't even think about, because it's like, hey, well, we got this title now. It now it's here. It's not going anywhere. But yeah, we live in a different day and age where shit can just go by the wayside fairly quickly. So I, you know what? I don't know. I, you know, I know it's a hell of a way to get it over to start with. Uh, you know, Lawler being the the inaugural champ there, but is it necessary? I'm going to say yes in this instance. It's simply because of who they put it on. Because okay. now he gets to go from place to place, wherever the hell he's booked, and he gets to carry it around. And all that's showing is, hey, he's a New Japan champion. Whether or not he defends it against whomever else stateside is up to him in New Japan, I would assume. So, sure. but if you're looking for you know a credible champ and one to get a belt over, he's he's got the pedigree. You know, it's it's up to to them where they go next, and obviously new japan holds him in high esteem if if they have uh have put the belt on him and, and you know had him win the tourney so uh i i think new japan as as a company doesn't necessarily need another title i think they have quite the product out there already mm-hmm. and I'm, other than to keep uh, fans stateside uh, interested, which it's kind of redundant because, like, we're all all of us stateside are interested, <laughs> all of us. Yeah. So I don't know. 
I, I'm not sure what the, the, the actual meaning of that title is at this point, other than to, to further get their product over. But again, it's redundant to me. You don't need that. I don't think they need that. He easily could have walked out with like a um, trophy. Yeah. And not a belt, you know. And then he could have just walked around like he's, you know, NJPW strong grand champion or some shit yeah. of whatever tournament and easily still gotten the company over in the same manner without having a belt. What's uh, <clears throat> what's the future of the, the IWGP U.S. heavyweight title? I, I mean, could we, we bring it up so much. We keep bringing up Renee Young or Renee Paquette, whatever her name is. Yeah, Paquette. As, as, uh, as obviously she's pregnant. She's pregnant. And, you know, I there was a recent picture of her, I think she posted on Instagram, like, I don't know how far along she is, but she's clearly she's close. She's getting close, yeah. <laughs> so, you know, Moxley's well, going to have... You, let, let's think about this for a second. Yeah. You've got AEW roster, they work, what, four days out of the month? Mm-hmm. So... Not including pay-per-views. Right, yeah. not including pay-per-views. So, m- minus his other bookings elsewhere because I know you know he had already butted heads with Nick Gage at one point so you know that's going to happen at some point but he doesn't work a whole lot yeah so who's to say he doesn't keep that U.S. title for longer um I, you're saying like he doesn't take the paternity leave that we right say? right that's what I'm saying right yeah. okay because uh, it's, it's easier to to just work one day. Yeah, you know. Right. So I, take a take a week off here and there. Yeah. The only the only thing I can think of getting getting in the way here is you know obviously COVID restrictions and right now Japan, as we speak, is having another uh, yeah they are you know highly or, or high increase of cases and and COVID. Yeah. They're, happening. Behind, they're behind on the vaccine. They're behind on the vaccine, mm-hmm. and it's you know so it you know they had to cancel three three shows because of this, and right now things aren't looking as promising. Which again is like wow, you got new Yuji Nagata. I keep fucking his name up. Yuji Nagata coming over. We don't see him as much anymore. Though. So, but I'm saying like. Mm-hmm. It's it's with everything going on. It really is surprising to me that this is even happening. Right, I agree. You know? So he must have been here in the states at least two weeks before that match was probably already announced. Mm-hmm. You know, which which would lend the same situation for Mox if Mox was to go to Japan. He's got to be in quarantine for at least two weeks before getting into uh, any kind of a, a practice or around the roster, which is like, an, I think they said another 10 days. So you're looking at, uh, I'm sorry, 24 days, almost a month before he's able to compete. So that to me, that would be the only thing that gets in the way of him going to Japan and defending it in Japan. Otherwise, he's stuck here with the belt stateside. And if he's going to drop it to somebody, again, New Japan isn't going to just let him drop it to anybody. Going back to Yuji Nagata here, and I'm, I'm just using him as an example. I understand the the immediate answer of you know why throw him on AEW because, again, that's, that's, that's huge 
touting for New Japan on AEW, a la Kenta. But you send guys to to AEW. Why? Why? Why is it not? Why not? Or I should say, why aren't they sending guys from Japan? If they're sending guys from Japan to the states, why aren't they sending them to the New Japan dojos to do strong episodes? Because think about it, you send them there to do strong episodes, and you can probably knock out a month's worth of stuff in one day. Because these are just these are pre-taped episodes. Why why not help out your own company by having matches that you're not necessarily seeing? If you're sending guys. I don't think they need to. Not on that show? No, not on that show. Um, again, I, I think their product speaks for itself. They run that dojo just like they do the the original dojos in Japan. So, them them taking the same avenue with cultivating their talent, it's showing on NJPW Strong. Do, do you agree or do you not agree? I, I agree with that part, yeah. Okay. So, again, redundancy. I will say that it would still, you know, if we're talking fantasy booking or just, just matches you don't see very often, there are times where you watch New Japan Strong and you're starting to get that feel like these guys have all fought each other. You know what I mean? So that's why, that's why I say what I say because it's like they're... The, the, the amount of talent, the quality of talent's there. No doubt about that. But the amount of talent, you know, there's only so many times I want to see Brody King versus Tom Lawler. Oh, I think you're also forgetting about their dojo system. All those young boys. The young lions have their own show. They don't, you know what I'm saying, in Japan? Mm-hmm. They have their own shows. They don't, other than the few uh, standouts that they'll push as part of the main roster... Mm-hmm. Even those are like prelim matches for the most part, you know? Yeah. So, again, you're going to have that because they run the dojo the same way here as they do out there. You're going to get that. You're not going to see anybody, any one of the top guys at the moment come out and and work with them on TV or or what have you because that's not the way they do business. Well, I only look at a guy like Eugene Nagata... And I, the same thing with, like, you know, uh, uh, Hiroshi Tenzan, you know, Tiger Mask even. Like, those guys at their point in their career, they're generally f- wrestling with the young boys. Okay. Because, you know, they're not they're not wrestling, you know, top-tier talent anymore because they're older. Yeah. So, usually, you, they're the ones training the young young lions. That That's why I, I, I brought up. You know, I'm not necessarily saying, you know, hey, bring a Jay White to... Although that would be badass. Oh, you know what, though? And, <laughs> oh, and who's to say now, um, maybe we do see Yuji Nagata make an appearance or two, being that he's stateside now. I mean, that is yet that remains to be seen at, at the point of this recording. So mm-hmm. uh, I suppose there is there's, uh, an opportunity there. Whether they take it or not is up to them, but I, I don't think it's necessary. We do again. Again, we do have a, a brand new champion in in New Japan. The, I guess for me, 
having a brand new belt. Cause I, never, I didn't really talk about it myself. Having a brand new title that's exclusively for this show. It, on paper, it's cool. But I think it's just like, const- for me, it's like constant reminder that the world is unfortunately still way too divided because of everything that's going on. And it's hard for me personally, and this is me being just a, kind of a Debbie Downer. I'm, I'm going to openly admit to that. But just having that reminder of just like, this is unfortunately like a COVID title for me. Uh, this is because we can't have, we can't have this, these guys wrestling uh, in other parts of the world willy nilly like we would originally. Not that Tom Lawler would be in Japan right now. You know, I'm not saying that, but because of all this, it just, it just feels very much like a product of the times that, that we're in. And I, my hats off to them for doing what, making the best out of a shitty situation, but it just doesn't take away the shitty situation for me. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Duly noted. But, you know, congrats to Tom Waller, big fan of his, obviously. Um, The entire Team Filthy are just do tremendous work. Um, Major League Wrestling, one of the, before we, uh, before we get going here, Major League Wrestling, uh, by the time, as of this recording, they haven't had their first airing on Vice. Vice. Uh, they have a time slot Saturday morning, mm-hmm. I believe 11 a.m. Yeah. So it'll be, it'll be Saturday afternoon Eastern time, uh, 12 p.m. Eastern time, uh, <clears throat> Saturdays. It, right now, it seems like just like highlight shows, like a highlight show. I think Yeah, I think that's what it's going to be. Do you know if Fusion's going to get moved there or they're going to have a second show? And if if we stick, my second question here, and I'll give you the floor, if if they are sticking with just highlight shows for now, is this really enough to tout Major League Wrestling? Uh, well, one, no, it's not enough to tout. Two, as of right now, this is uh, just the beginning of their relationship. Correct. Yeah. If I'm not mistaken, they're still in talks to do like um, like specials. And, and like primetime specials, things okay. of that nature. Think like Clash of the Champions style programming. Okay. So something something along those lines down the road. I don't know uh, when, where, and exactly that'll happen. But I know Vice is looking to to get more into um, professional wrestling as part of their programming because of Dark Side of the Ring. Mm-hmm. There's uh, two spinoffs to Dark Side of the Ring that are happening. Yes. I think one is NFL-based. Yes. And one is 90s-based. 90s-based, thank you. Yes. So they clearly have have hit the proverbial home run with that programming. Yes. They're adding MLW to back it up and be a part of that programming block. So you'll, you will see more MLW. Uh, in the near future here uh to what capacity i don't know but i'm i'm hoping it's it's less highlights and more um current programming cuz as of right now we got fusion wednesday nights on youtube uh they're also i believe i, I don't know if they're, they're they're still on bn sports um but i believe they are i think they are yeah um i don't know what the future of that relationship is and also, too, I have no idea what the relationship is with the zone. I know the zone was something that they hooked up with last year. I thought they were still on the zone. Okay. Yeah. 
because I, I, from my understanding, they were supposed to be doing uh, what you said for for Vice mm-hmm. that they were going to do specials, pay per view s stuff on the Zone, and I haven't heard a fucking thing about the Zone ever since that happened. I don't know. Um, it'd be interesting to see what what happens there, ladies and gentlemen. If if you haven't watched MLW, I I can't stress enough that you talk about companies doing almost everything right. That's one of those companies. They have great talent, great storylines, just an overall great product. Um, I know that 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 uh, may be hard for me to believe me touting a a company that as much as I am, but that's MLW. That's in a nutshell, and I'm ecstatic to see them on Vice. When I, when I saw the time slot, I was just like, Ugh. <laughs> you know, because really, I mean, how, how many viewers do you expect to get uh, on Saturday morning or, you know, early Saturday afternoon? You know, I, 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 I don't know. Well, I, if I'm not mistaken, Vice is just another, in that regards, is another cable television channel. And who's mm-hmm. to say they won't re-air the same programming in a different time slot right you know they'll repeat stuff it'll be more than likely it'll become a part of their on-demand library also depending on your local cable provider so there there's all that so you you will have that option and that's a good thing that's a good thing for professional wrestling the world certainly needs Guys like Jacob Fatu, hell yeah, and Alexander Hammerstone, Tom Lawler, yeah, absolutely, on national fucking TV. Um, so the Von Ericks, I can go on. You know, an incredibly fun show to watch, fun product altogether. Major League Wrestling, man, and and they're they're talking to be uh, coming back in front of fans. Uh, Limited capacity, of course, during the pandemic, but they're looking to bring fans back into attendance. Um, I, I, I gotta say, if they come back to my neck of the woods, our neck of the woods, uh, I might, I might have to go because, right. you know, it's just, it's, it, it's some of the best wrestling you could possibly watch. And uh, I, I, I agree with you from going back to the Forbidden Door situation. For me, just. Just, just keep playing amongst yourselves. You know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> we, we don't, we don't need the egos and all that stuff. It's cool to see that. We, we did see that a little bit with uh, with Leo Rush and the the AAA uh, Cruiserweight title, right? And uh, but we don't, we don't really need to uh, stuff like that on a on a regular basis, if you will. But uh, but you know, I I digress. I digress. I you know, uh, forbidden doors and. And all that stuff, uh, you know. One thing we didn't do that so they're gonna—I'm gonna get bashed for this, but I'm gonna point it out. We spent—we're going on an hour and forty-five minutes here, okay. And I have not kicked the shit out of WWE this week. <laughs> so, <laughs> well, no, we talked about their their commentating situation. Yeah, but it, it was like it was like half and half. <laughs> We we praised uh, a little bit of. Uh, I think the guy's McAfee. name is Adnan Burke. Or something okay. like that. Yeah. Okay. Gen- General Adnan. <laughs> <laughs> no, not LKC. Uh, but yeah, and 
to to make it uh, that much more of a complicated situation, he's like in cahoots with um, who's that? Victor Khan, who's like part of the board of directors for WWE. Yeah, and I think that's one of the only real reason he has that slot on the commentating team, and that I think that goes to show you like if. If the board of directors wants something done, it's going to get done, whether it's a good decision or a bad decision. That's part of the problem with having a, a board of directors and you know corporate sponsorships and things like that. Your product is going to suffer, and uh, you know WWE's uh, ratings, even for their flagship Raw, are way the fuck down. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's not getting any better anytime soon, folks. So. I hope, uh, oh, oh yeah, we never touched on uh, the NXT and NHL and AEW. Oh, yes, let's talk about that. Um, so, you know, this whole, there's this whole hubbub, the Wednesday Night Wars, and now that's not a thing, and AEW's touting like, yeah, we, we got them running, and they, they went to a whole different night, and now <laughs> Turner Sports goes and buys the media viewing rights to the NHL, and so now there's big talks about AEW possibly having to move to Tuesday nights, which would now reignite this so so called uh, war amongst NXT and AEW mm-hmm. just on a different night of the week. What what is? <laughs> I think it's bad for business. Because clearly, the the few weeks now that we've had AEW unopposed and NXT unopposed, they have both gotten better viewership uh, results, both overall and in key demos. Now there's a possibility they're going to be back on the same night. What do you think this is is um, an opportunity for them to get it right the second time around, or do you think it'll just be much more of the same bullshit we were put through the first time on Wednesdays? My answer is going to go a little deeper uh, than you might expect, but I, I, I don't, Ooh. I don't think AEW is going to change their ways until they take some losses, and I don't think it's going to happen until uh, until reality sets in and the the viewers that they have. Have have sought after, and Tony Khan has openly admitted to seeking out old fans of WCW and and this and that. Those aren't wrestling fans, and and eventually they're gonna get bored of your product, and they're gonna move on to whatever the next hot commodity is. I don't think AEW's product is great now. Now that they're you know running solo on Wednesday nights, um. And them going back to Tuesday nights, I don't think that you know they're going to change their way until they have to. And even then, it's it's going to be it's it's going to be a matter of can these guys take an ass whooping and answer back to or or or, or realize the error of their ways. I don't I don't see it happening right off the bat because the too many fanboys that are too die hard. To this product, and by doing so, we create monsters. You know, we 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 don't have accountability for bad decisions. And what what the AEW has done for a lot of things 
are bad decisions. You know, spending money on guys like Paul White, Christian Cage, those are bad decisions. Those are guys that do nothing for your product. You know, having two different fucking YouTube shows run back-to-back is a bad decision. does nothing for your product. You know, running on, on, you know, running opposed again for a second time is a bad decision. And it's not going to do anything for your product besides, besides, uh, get, you know, non-wrestling fans excited for a fake war again. All those years that WWE went opposed, you know, we talk about the Attitude Era. I I told you it was going to be a little deeper than, than you expected. Talk about the Attitude Era. I've talked about so many times why that was so fucking good. Because it had to be. It fucking had to be, or there was not going to be a WWF anymore. Okay. As soon as WCW started to have to realize that accountability for their bad mistakes and their fuck-ups, they didn't have enough to answer, and they eventually got sold. You know, I get there's a lot more to it. You know, there's Turner and AOL Time Warner and all that stuff. And then you see the the ruthless aggression era that they like to tell so much on Peacock and that fucking stupid show documentary series. That was garbage. It was garbage then. It's garbage now. And we had now decades, almost two decades, of them being unopposed by a major wrestling company. And you created this monster of, I can do whatever the fuck I want. Yeah. Who cares if Raw's fucking failing? We just made $5 billion from NBC. Mm-hmm. We're not hurting. We do whatever the fuck we want to do. <laughs> and who's to say that AEW isn't going to quickly become that? There's no accountability for their actions. TNA first started, and they were fucking, they were on a hot streak like no, we've never seen before. And it was great, man. It was great for such a long time. And then they got sloppy. And but immediately accountability. People said, "Fuck this! I'm not watching it anymore." And now look at them. Now they have to do forbidden doors and lose thirty two fucking times in a row for people to finally feel like, <laughs> "Hey, let's watch Impact Wrestling now." <laughs> I don't see I don't see it working in the way that we intended it to, or that we that we may we may have ten, intended to work. And it be, it's a lot of that's because. These big companies like WWE and AEW don't have to see the error in their ways. And until that happens, until until we start, you know, saying, you know what, hey, we're gonna watch Impact now, we're gonna watch MLW, we're gonna watch Ring of Honor. It's never gonna happen. And the reason why is because there's there's more diehard fanboys than there are wrestling fans. We're outnumbered, Joe. Yeah. That is that's very much true, and and that's so whether it's Wednesday nights, Tuesday nights, Monday nights, fucking Gatil's day, whatever day. <laughs> that's an old Family Guy joke. <laughs> it, it's it's gonna be the same shit, unfortunately. And yes, I do watch the product. I do root for AEW. I wear an AEW hat to work basically every fucking day. I do want the product to succeed. I think I think the idea, I stand by the idea, I do. But you know, Joe saw it, you know, I turned on this episode of Impact or excuse me, of, of AEW Dynamite. I had eight episodes. 
unwatched. Unwatched. <laughs> so that's two months worth of dynamite that I haven't watched. Prior, or well, now seven, but those are going to get deleted because they're all they're older, and I just I just don't care. It's not worth me going back and, and taking the time to watch them. So that's my answer to that. I I, I, don't, I just. It's none of it's gonna matter until AEW takes that that first big loss, that big first loss of viewership. Where it's like you know what? I'm not watching this anymore. It's the same crap, and it hasn't happened yet. And I don't see it happening at all during this pandemic. I think this pandemic has done a lot of damage. Obviously, I, I don't think that I know it has, but as far as in the case of viewership, it's increased viewership for certain aspects because. There's not much else to do. We still don't have the the liberties to go do the things that we used to do prior. You know, let's go back to 2019. We don't have those liberties still. We don't know when that's going to happen. So what are you going to do Wednesday nights? What are you going to do Tuesday nights? Are you going to watch TV? And AEW is going to be an option. NXT is going to be an option. Even though Raw has, has, has definitely lost a lot of viewership, you have to take into account that there's a lot of competition on Monday nights in comparison to Tuesday nights and Wednesday nights. You know, you have Monday night baseball, you have Monday night football, you have the NBA that runs on Monday nights. You have a ton of that shit. So going back to the the, the situation of NHL, you know, NHL Wednesday night, it used to be on NBC. They're talking that it might be on uh, TBS now. I I don't know. I, you know, it, it would be interesting if, if Turner was able to work it out to where they did Tuesday night hockey. <laughs> that that would be a shot fire. <laughs> but who's to say, who's to say they even do that? You know, like go back, you know, let's say, that, you know, Wednesday nights and they're going to move. Who's to say they even go to Tuesday nights and not go to fucking, you know, be the real dicks and go to Thursday nights? You know, I, I mean, can you can't the way that they've treated Impact? Can't you see them doing something like that? Yeah, right, right. Like, let's go with the the company that we know that we can beat every single week. Well, here's, 100%. well here's a question now: Do they? Here's a question now: Do they um, kind of go all in? No pun intended. And <laughs> and if if given the option, do they go to Mondays? <laughs> and being that raw is where it is right now, yeah. Like, how viable of an option is that? Do you think it, that works out for them? I think if you're going to do it, like you, the point that you made, you have to strike while the kettle's hot, and it is right now a, a viable option. Um, raw sucks. It does. Raw sucks to the point where where WWE knows raw sucks. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but you have to understand that you are dealing with no matter what we feel about WWE and how bad it sucks a lot of times you are talking about a company that is very rich and at any point can be like let's 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 turn it on again they've done it before they're used to that you know I, I get Monday Night Wars was decades ago now but you know we've we've seen the we've seen what happens when you push WWE against the wall. So if you're AEW, you can't put out product like this and beat Raw. Even even with Raw being shitty, 
You have to put on the best fucking show every single week in order for you to even remotely have a chance to do the long run. Because you can get 83 weeks, pun intended, and and, and, and win those. But the idea is to win the long run. Not put, you know, you're not going to put anybody out of business or anything like that. But if, if you're going to see a, a demise of Monday Night Raw, you have to be almost perfect. Even even though Raw is bad, you have to be damn near perfect to do it. Um, do I think they have the the balls to do it? Yeah, I think that I think there's certainly animosity there from from especially you know uh, you know certain executive VPs. <laughs> but uh, is it the smartest thing to do? I don't know, man. I to me, it kind of feels like like Monday nights is just like that. Unspoken, like don't don't go Monday nights. Don't go Monday nights. <laughs> don't go Monday nights. But if you really think that you got a, a product that can can knock it out every single week for years, you know, give them a run for their money, then go ahead. But I, you know, you really need to think that over before you pull that trigger. That's agreed. Don't do an Impact Wrestling thing where it's like we're gonna do it. We're gonna do it. <laughs> But that's an interesting question, though. Just uh, you know, for sure. I would hate for them to go to. I would hate for them to move. I think Wednesday night's a good move for them. Good, good place for them. Um, I don't know. I don't have ratings in front of me. I know that here in the United States, you know, the NHL is the NHL is not the NFL. You know, it's no, not that's as popularity. Sure. <clears throat> it's not MLB. It's not NBA. You know, it is the fourth biggest one I don't know how much you how much you lose especially in in, in eras of um, you know we, we count DVR now mm-hmm. uh, and on demand I, I don't know how much you actually lose um, I think that I think that mindset and I know guys like uh, favorite shit story Dave Meltzer you know he he thinks old school on that because it's it's all about current TV ratings. That's a very old school mentality, and I know there's execs that would you know say like that that does matter, and it does. But again, we do live in a day and age of on demand and streaming, and those go they'll play a long way too. I I honestly my in my opinion I think AEW probably should just stay on on Dynamite unless they start losing to NHL. Like drastically losing viewership because of it. I don't see that happening though. I just don't. Especially if you put on a good product. If you put on a great product, I, th- I think I think you're going to get the wrestling fans that you should be you should be aiming for, anyways. Not these not these fucking half-ass fucking bros that just you know want to watch Kenny Omega and that's it. Like fuck them. They can go watch their NHL. Wrestling fans, because you're losing those people. Yeah. Because you know what I watch Wednesday nights? I watch Fusion. I watch Fusion on YouTube. And I know a lot of wrestling fans like myself watch Fusion Wednesday nights. I don't watch AEW. Right. I watch Fusion, and then I'm probably playing a video game or something. Yeah. I don't give a shit what happens on Dynamite. I'll I'll, I'll wait till the fucking highlights, and then I'll decide whether I want to watch it or not. That's... 
And I know I'm I'm just one wrestling fan, but I know there's a lot of people like me. Yeah, absolutely. That yep. are, are the same way, or they're busy keep catching up on New Japan. Yep. Or Dragon Gate, you know, or other you know great Japanese wrestling promotions. We want to watch fucking wrestling. We don't want to watch all this lame shit that you know, thirty fucking stables in one fucking company. Everybody's on a team now. Oh, you know what? But see, that's I'm not necessarily mad at that. Because you look at New Japan, and they're kind of doing the same shit, albeit they have a lesser amount of stables, but, you know, Chaos is a huge stable. Bullet Club is a huge stable. Yeah, I agree. Suzuki Goon, you know? You have very few of their roster members that are not in a some sort of a faction. I agree but with they, that. But they don't, over, they don't, they don't overdo it, you know? It's it's done with with um, with reason, and there's always a means to an end with with those factions and the way they're mentioned and utilized. Whereas AEW is just like, you know what it, it reminds me of? It reminds me of like when a little kid has like action figures, mm. and you're just so excited to fucking play with them. Yeah. And then this idea gets introduced like, oh, these guys are all in one group. Well, my guys are going to be in a group. Well, oh, fuck, my guys are going to be in a group. Mm-hmm. And this is over and over and over again until all the guys are in all the groups. And <laughs> and it's just too fucking much of the same shit. That's what AEW reminds me of right now. There's not enough building up these, these stables. There's just not enough. It's just... You have stables that are stables just for the sake of being stable. For the sake of being stable, right. And where, you know, to your point, where New Japan succeeds with that is that when you when you see Suzuki-gun, anybody representing Suzuki-gun, you know exactly what they're going to be about. Yeah. You know they're going to break the fucking rules, and they're, they're probably going to beat the shit out of you before that bell rings. You know what the Bullet Club represents. You know what Chaos represents. You know what LIJ represents. Because they took the time. Yeah, they booked it. They didn't just put you know fucking QT Marshall in, as a leader of a fucking group and say, "Hey, you're 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 a group now." Yeah. You are. <laughs> what the fuck? You guys are a legit force in this company now. It's <laughs> not how it works, but it, you know, I don't know, man. Maybe, maybe. So, like, you know, I love, I love the you know the digital era is is a love and hate relationship for me because growing up whether it was professional wrestling or in a lot of cases video games you know we didn't get here in the United States all these great Japanese products you know we didn't we didn't get Final Fantasy you know 2 and 3 right away it took us years to get that and the Final Fantasy 2 and 3 that we got was 4 and, or actually 5 and 6 or 4 and 6 anyways uh, we didn't get those uh, we didn't get a lot of that stuff and then now you know, when when a big game gets released in Japan, like, we get it like that. Same thing with wrestling. We can watch wrestling in Japan while it's happening live. Yeah. How amazing is that? You got to love that. But the problem with that is that, again, the human nature, the human element of it, where we have the American way of thinking and we have the Japanese way of thinking and we still haven't kind of molded it into, like, a universal way of thinking. And, like, the American way of thinking is, like, hey, we told you QT Marshall's group is legit. They're legit. We don't have to do any work to it. We don't have to establish them. You know, we don't have to bring in, like, Suzuki-Goon and have them come in 
and just destroy another group like like they did when they came back at uh, New Year Dash a few years ago. Yeah. We don't have to do that. We, we, we just told you they're legit. <laughs> that's that's American booking sometimes. It's it's frustrating. But uh, I digress, ladies and gentlemen. Um, the, the point of this, this episode is in order for professional wrestling to get over and be what Joe and I know it can be. Because there's way too much talent in this in this world of in this realm of pro wrestling to exist to where we don't have enough companies getting over and getting you know getting the popularity that they should be having success. In order for it to work, the cliche is everybody has to share. Everybody has to share victories. Everybody has to share time, airtime. Everybody, everybody has to share, has the to share losses. Losses too. You're right. And in, in order for that to, to happen, there has to be a level of humility and respect for others. And in the case of, you know, the main topic of, of, of uh, tonight's episode, a- Impact Wrestling does not, is not getting the respect that it deserves from the company that it's doing business with, and that's All Elite Wrestling. And that's unfortunate. You know, as as time comes, as t- as, as time goes by, will 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 we get some kind of victory from them? Yes, probably. But is it going to be the right person? And is it going to be too little, too late? Those are the things that I need you all to pay attention to in the upcoming weeks. Joe and I will be back to discuss that. See where we're at in a few, in a couple of weeks here, and uh, and we'll go from there, man. Um, it's a really interesting time, though, man. It's a really interesting time in, in, in pro wrestling. So with that, ladies and gentlemen, uh, until then, uh, we're gonna we're probably gonna call it quits here, and uh, and and let's let everything unfold on its own, I guess. Yeah. I can't wait for blood and guts. I'll be. I'll definitely be checking that out. I'll. I'll. I'll have. Uh... Who wins blood and guts? <laughs> <laughs> like it fucking matters. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm I'm hoping for Pinnacle, but uh, the the Booker in me says uh, Jericho and the Inner Circle take it. Okay. So again, but what what does it fucking matter? Because I'm the way shit's being booked these days. The the results won't matter in a week or two weeks. So. It's just, again, that's that's my point with them not having patience. You know, they couldn't wait for a pay-per-view. They couldn't wait for for the pandemic. So they're just going to fucking do it. And they're going to do it on TV, free TV no less, right. or cable, whatever. So, yeah. Does that worry you, um, having a match like Blood and Guts, essentially war games, um, on TV? Because of yeah content and just overall match quality. Yep, absolutely. Well, well for one, you're probably going to get a t- commercial break. You're get, well, yeah, because they're <laughs> touting it's going to be a long match, mm-hmm. so you're going to get probably multiple commercial breaks. So picture and pictures already in the fucking way, and then again, match quality. I mean. 
I think, you know, call me old school with this, but I think you're you're able to get get away with more on your own streaming service or pay per view. Yeah. And should have been a double or nothing match. It, yeah, it should have. Especially when double or nothing's happened in the same month. Yeah. I don't I don't understand how just, that just how wait. that how yeah, how can <laughs> if you don't have the patience great, but how can you can't wait another fucking week or two? Yeah. And just have it on pay per view. Well, because you need you need uh you need to advertise dominoes while you know somebody's probably bleeding from the head, oh, if that's even allowed. Yeah. I mean, if you're gonna advertise anybody, you should advertise our good friends at Junction Collectibles. There you go. Twenty x twenty crew dot com slash podcast slash Junction Collectibles. Get all of your cool collectible gear from our good friends there. Plenty of plenty of uh, great opportunities for pop vinyls. Digital cards coming digital, soon. Digital cards. Plenty of cool stuff. Again, that's 20x20crew.com slash podcast slash Junction Collectibles. That's an advertisement, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> worth, a, worth a bloody Sammy Guevara or yeah. somebody. Avoid the Noid, folks. Avoid the Noid. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, that's, that's going to do it for us this week. Thank you again for listening. And uh, we hope you have the patience to sit and still support professional wrestling despite all this bullshit going on. Um, obviously, go go uh, invest in a streaming service like New Japan Pro Wrestling. Uh, you also have the Cock Peacock <laughs> <laughs> for WWE. Um, you've got uh, plenty of free stuff on YouTube with MLW Fusion and AEW Dark and AEW Darker. <laughs> uh, there's there's many avenues for you to enjoy professional wrestling. Uh, you can enjoy us. On Facebook, facebook.com slash 20x20crew. We are also on Instagram and Twitter with the handles at 20x20crew. And then also our home on the web, 20x20crew.com, where you can get all of our past episodes, merchandise, and the like. And, um, oh, uh, facebook.com slash groups slash 20x20wrestlingtalk, where uh, you can come hang with Matt and I and enjoy some memes and uh, all the latest news, gossip, and what have you about professional wrestling going on today. And uh, that's my piece. I'm done. I'm over said and done with this episode. You can put it. You can put it in the archives now. That's enough. <laughs> yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, as always, uh, a big thank you for, for everybody that takes yes, time to listen to thank us. Thank you, guys. <laughs> Please be sure to check out all those avenues that my partner mentioned. More stuff uh, that uh, will we'll, we'll definitely be in probably the, the end of this month. Um, make sure you always please give us a give us a, give us some kind of rating. When you, when you check us out. Yes, thank you. Rate, rate on your favorite uh, podcast listening app, whether it be Stitcher or iTunes or whatever. Five stars would be appreciated, but uh, hey, be honest. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and, and, and again, support professional wrestling. We're getting to those warmer months everywhere. And uh, if you got an opportunity to do so, obviously do it safely. Follow rules. Follow the all the guidelines and uh, and enjoy professional wrestling or do it from your couch. That's all. That's fine too. Uh, until next time, ladies and gentlemen, I've been Matt. He's been Joe. You've been fantastic. And until next week, we will see, see you in the, the ring. ring.